Hello everyone and welcome back to Surge Spotlight. This is our podcast that aims to promote curiosity and excitement within the tech community. My name is Kim and I am the host of this series. And with me today is a very interesting, very special guest. His name is Kaid Jivan. You want to say hello, Kaid? Hey, how you doing? Yeah, I'm doing okay. Um, I thought I'd do things a little bit differently here. I thought I'd let you introduce yourself because Sweet. there's clearly so much that you've been going that you've been doing recently. So let's let's get into that. Yeah. So I'm Kaid. Um, I'm big on community building stuff. That kind of guides most of what I do. So I started my career, well, I was from SFU originally, I did a bachelor's degree um, in business uh, in entrepreneurship and innovation. I didn't quite finish my MIS. Um, and then I, <laughs> or the BTM. Um, and, oh then, <laughs> and then I, because I'd already started basically working at that point. So I started working with PMI and then I got a job helping stand up a PMO for the government health authorities and kept doing that. And then uh, got really obsessed with the recruitment problem in the project delivery space. And then from there, started my own company, Talent Marketplace, with a couple of my friends from my university days. Um, outside of that, I do a lot of music festivals. I live on Commercial Drive. That's about it. Uh, art scene. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit. All right. Well, um, how have you been recently? What have you been up to? Um, recently, I mean, it's a pretty wild time. Um, like... Mm -hmm the you know january and february were like our best months ever like it was stellar it was kind of like that feeling of like wow we're on like the real upper end of like hockey stick level revenue growth and then of course march happened uh with coronavirus yeah. and then it like really took a dive <laughs> but things have started to pick back up for sure like we're almost back to where we were from a revenue standpoint in february um we've taken the time to completely change our pricing model which has been like a really exciting and daunting task um so we have like recruitment as a service option which is pretty unique um and i've been working on just other side projects like i'm putting together a course on digital networking now um which is pretty oh. sweet yeah with uh, my other co-founder steve um so that'll be launched probably in the next month or so um, but yeah, been keeping pretty busy trying to find opportunities in this chaos, which has been really fun. Yeah, a little side note, Kay, you are the co-founder of Talent Marketplace, yeah, so that is the recruitment service company. that you're talking about. <laughs> probably should have mentioned the name of it, yes. Uh, yeah, Talent that. Marketplace is the name of the company. But, you know, what I'm mostly interested in understanding is how that kind of came about, because you mentioned that you formed that with two other students during your time at SFU. So tell me a little bit more about that. Yeah, so for me, uh, the last two years of my degree, I was also working full-time um, in like a, like a staff, like full-time role, like not a co-op kind of thing. So school became a completely secondary or tertiary thing for me. I was just like trying to just get it done and maintain my GPA. Um, so Steve and Scott, I both met in kind of my second, third year of my undergrad, um, with Scott, uh, doing the IIBD case competition in Hong Kong and with Steve doing the Weidman competition in BC, um, both super smart guys. Um, and when I was at, it's like a whole bunch of different stuff, I guess at the same time, but it all kind of came together. Uh, while I was at PHSA, they were spending about $30 million a year on recruitment. Um, external recruitment specifically 
and it was still taking us eight weeks to hire. And I pitched this idea to my boss, was, what if we had like a digital bench, like just people you could pull from pre-interviewed, um, you could filter down based on criteria, 100% response rate, that kind of thing. Like a, a LinkedIn on steroids, basically. And because that's the only way it would be valuable because LinkedIn recruiter takes a lot of time and effort. Um, and then I went to Steve and Scott and Steve coming from an investment banking background and Scott, um, he was like one of the early hires with Traction On Demand and was a software developer before that. And so he was doing the technical stuff and I was like, you want to just do this maybe? And so for a year we tested it out like we made a super simple excel spreadsheet with a handful of people on it just to determine whether or not we could find good people and once yeah. that test came back and someone actually did get hired through that we were like okay like we validated that the process in general works now let's build a platform so scott led that up and so we built the base of talent marketplace which was the buggiest <laughs> version of it um but it like kind of worked enough um enough to yeah. enough to put the market and then we did that and someone another two people got hired Again, this was all for free which in hindsight was kind of a bad idea we should have been charging <laughs> and then we kind of hit a point where we were like okay let's let's do this like we have people asking to use it we have people who are ready to pay let's quit our jobs. So Scott quit first and then Steve quit and I quit, I think on the same day. Um, and then we had like December to kind of like go through it all. And then in January it okay. started and I don't think we had, we got to revenue within f like four months or something like that and profitability within six or something like that. So, but we built a pretty lean team. So that's kind of the, the story. So yeah, so we'd all work together. We never, when we fight, it's usually like really productive. It's always pretty productive. I don't, I don't think it's been five or six years now. And yeah, it's worked That's out pretty insane. well. I, how scary must it have been to make that like final step of, yeah, I'm going to quit my job. I'm going to dedicate all of my time to something that I co-piloted and that, I don't know, I couldn't even imagine doing that, you yeah, know? I mean, I think we'd done a lot of testing. Like, we knew we were onto something. And I think also for the three of us, for and I can't really speak for them, um, but I know for me, I was looking around at this track, which I was moving pretty quickly down. Like I was a BA on a very large portfolio. And then I was a senior project analyst within a year um, on a, an equally large portfolio of projects in the PMO space. And so like I was tracking towards like, you know, I could be a PMO manager, PMO director in a relatively short span of time. And I like love my bosses and stuff, but I was like, I don't do that <laughs> and I was decent okay. at it too so it was like it made the I wasn't going to get the life I wanted doing that and that's I actually have that written down in like some note somewhere that I dug up recently as I was going through old books from like six or seven years ago when I was just starting to think about it I was like I'm not going to get what I want in life through this salaried track so yeah. I mean, it's it requires risk and yeah. and all of that, yeah. all of that hard work. But I well, okay. Can you take me back to when 
you just graduated, you were fresh out of university. Mm -hmm. How was that experience like for you looking for a job? So I graduated and I was sitting at my desk at an office where I already had my job. <laughs> and I never crossed the stage. Like I never did any of that because for me, I networked my way into a role extremely early. So within by third year, I had already been basically offered a job. Um, and I think from getting to the point of kind of this conversation, what I tell a lot of students is like networking is going to get you that first job if you want to like, you know, skip a couple rungs on the ladder, if you will. Um, if you don't, you want to go up the ladder the normal way. I mean, just wait till you graduate. But if you're, <laughs> if you're like serious about kind of that next step in your life, like go out there and meet the people who can give you a job potentially because they will like they'll see your skills they'll know that it's going to take a while for you to get up to speed but it'll be worth it yeah that's true i think i learned about networking a little bit later on into university i think in the very very beginning when i was just starting out i didn't even join any clubs or anything like that and then come fourth year i was like no this is like there's so many opportunities around me why am mm -hmm. i not starting early like what is stopping me and so now that i've officially kind of finished school i'm not even taking any breaks i'm just going for it and i'm just yeah. making sure that i'm not you know like putting a halt in that in that process um but with that being said what do you think are some of the misconceptions when it comes to looking for a job specifically in like the tech world since it's mm -hmm. so broad yeah i mean i think I mean, there's a lot of things that people don't really consider. So one example is, um, so like when you're looking for work, the biggest misconception is, oh, I'm applying to job board postings. Job board postings have like a 2% success rate. Um, and they're just not like an effective way to find work, <laughs> basically, is what it comes down to. Um, it can work. It accounts for a lot of jobs placed, but that's because a lot of people do it. So a more effective way and about depending on who you talk to, it's somewhere between 70 and 80 percent, um, sometimes higher of jobs are going to come from your own personal network. So even if there is a job board posting for it, in many cases, the person is already decided. That's especially true in BC, where uh, a lot of organizations are either government or government funded or government desk, and they have to put forward a job board posting, even if they know who they're going to hire. That was, I know the case with like people I personally know where they were like, oh, we're going to hire you. We have to put on the job board posting. And so people submit on that job board posting for no reason. Um, super common. The other thing is like there's a lot of companies out there and I know this now for a fact, even like big ones who if I were to name, you'd be like, really? Because they're like darlings in the BC tech scene who post jobs to illustrate that they're growing but they're not hiring for those roles and super common like and I've like talked to HR people who've like quit certain places because that was just the way it was they were supposed to do these job board postings get back to everyone but like there was no job um, 
So yeah, I think the biggest misconception is that, you know, just by following the steps that are laid out for you, submitting online, that kind of thing, you're going to find work in the most expedited way to the best fit role. I just don't think that's the case. You need to go out there and meet people. Why do you think that is though? I mean, I feel like we're taught that that's the way to go. You build up your resume or portfolio or whatever it is, and you look on Indeed and you just look in through countless job postings, hoping to find one that might fit. But why don't you think that that system is the most efficient way? Yeah, and it's like it's less so that I think it's the most efficient way, and it's like the statistics okay. illustrate that it is a really inefficient way. Uh, <laughs> it's just uh, not mincing words the numbers here. Don't it's, lie. Like, it's an immeasurably dumb idea. Um, <laughs> but the uh, and the reason for that is the word. I mean, the word job board on its own is like an ancient concept. Like it was, you would put it on a literal board. And the process hasn't changed at all with the technology that's available. Like you can have, for example, we're not the only company out there that takes this approach of, hey, we'll like constantly curate a talent pool, keep tabs on where they are, pre-interview them. That way you can hire immediately. But instead, you have a lot of organizations that have these built-up HR processes, which are designed to support the business as a whole, but sometimes they've become an end in and of themselves. So they're like, oh, I need to have these requirements filled out. I need to do all these things. But it's like, it's not, I need to put together this job board posting, even if you have someone figured out for it. Don't tell me about it. It's such a common thing, but it's like, that's a whole department. That's a whole bunch of people's jobs. And disruption in a space that's super people-oriented is extremely difficult. So, uh, like, that's a convoluted way of just saying, like, disruption is hard when it's so people-focused. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the, the networking thing to find work is nothing really new either. That's true. I, I guess the medium and just the process is a little bit different it's shifted a little bit now because of how digitized it's become and so run me through sort of your experiences with digital networking and how that's helped you out personally yeah and it's like it's less so that i've done a lot of digital networking i mean i've done a lot of sales digitally now which is new like i'm not like going to events or going to coffees or anything like that i'm doing digital coffees um where i uber eats <laughs> right. i uber eats someone like a coffee and that's like a cool trick that I made up. I don't know if anyone else does it. Very few people actually take actually, me up on the offer. <laughs> fun fact, my project lead for TEDx as if you just did that this oh, Monday. Really? She it's wanted she ready. wanted this virtual picnic and she skipped the dishes everyone or she sent a gift card for skipped yeah. the dishes and it was so sweet. Um yeah that's such a cool way of kind of navigating around what we're going through right now. Yeah, no, but, it's yeah. a it's a cool <laughs> gesture. Um so digital networking for me is like a lot sales focused, basically. Um, I'd say on the pros side, it enables you to reach out to basically anyone. And the fact that everyone is still sort of like in this home mode, they're less bothered. They're usually often more willing, I find, to have conversations. Um, so that's that's really cool. So that, that helps a lot. There's more access. You can go anywhere in North America or anywhere in the world. So from our sales standpoint, especially for our recruitment as a service option, where we basically like for a monthly fee, you get a full recruitment team. 
And I mean, that's pretty great. A better recruitment team than a traditional recruitment team. But that enables us to go anywhere in North America. So we're having these conversations in like Texas and San Francisco and like New York and oh. Toronto. And it's like that has opened up so many doors for us because Vancouver is a very small market. Similarly, if you're looking is for work. Oh, yeah, it's tiny. Um, oh, God. Okay. Um, it is a very, very small market um, and a very government driven <laughs> market. But that's a totally separate conversation. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> the. Uh, for digital networking if you don't if you're not rooted in vancouver like some of us are it enables you to have these conversations anywhere and actually build a meaningful relationship with people um so that's that's a big benefit on the downside it's like you don't get that kind of in-person feel which is special in particular it's a little bit more challenging to build deep relationships without like regular follow-ups and a process around it. Um, so there's like definitely some difficulty there. And a lot of people just don't know how to use LinkedIn um, and don't know like LinkedIn uh-huh. norms. So, yeah. That's true. That's true. Even like me, as I, I think there's this... Um, misconception that younger people are a lot more digitally literate but even with linkedin and me having social media like marketing background it's there's so many things that go into linkedin and there's actually job postings as well which i kind of just recently realized and did not know that was a thing even though that's probably one of the main things that linkedin offers um but going back to digital networking could you tell me some good ways to digital network but also some bad ways that you've seen people use that yeah totally so all of this will be in the course by the way um but, <laughs> but uh, I'll, I'll see if we can send you guys a link for that um but uh like good ways to do it in short it's like there's like just a handful of steps i mean reaching out to people on linkedin cold is like pretty normal um, so you can go ahead and, uh, just like reach out and say, Hey, like really interested in your career path. Would love to learn more. Like I'm about to graduate. Da, 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 da. You're going to hear back most of the time with something. Uh, LinkedIn is a weird UI thing where if you accept an invite, sometimes it doesn't show up in your messages. So do send a follow up. Always follow up really is like the other key. Like people <laughs> will just tell you no. You can even frame it as like, hey, like wanted to follow up. If you're not interested, no worries, but tell me no so I can take this off my to-do list. That's totally normal. Um, and a lot of students don't really know how to do that. Um, sending meeting invites. You and I have talked about this. Um, yeah. <laughs> when you do get a meeting, send an invite with a link, a little bit about what you're going to talk about and the, like, the, the link to the Google Meet or the Zoom call or whatever it is. Um, yeah, so this is just like basic process stuff. And then in the actual meeting itself, be cognizant of time. So like, be like, hey, like, you've only got 30 minutes. It's perfect. You never book people for an hour. It's weird. Um, really? I booked you for an hour. Yeah, this is different. This is not just like a meeting. But if like, you're doing an introductory meeting, it should be 15 minutes, really. But like, book okay. it for half an hour. Um, and if they need less time or more time, it's fine. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, at the end, I usually try and like follow up and just be like, at the very end, I'm like, Hey, like, can I get back to you with any questions or a question? Like, do you know anyone else I should be speaking with or like have some kind of next step forward looking note, if you will. 
Um, and, uh, and then that's basically it. And then usually what I try and do is like afterwards send them some kind of follow-up and always offer the like, Hey, I know like, you know, you're really experienced or whatever. And, but just be like, if there's anything I can ever do for you, let me know. Um, that's usually like a really nice gesture. Um, and that's basically it. Now people that have done it bad, I have many stories. Um, there's a lot of people who, have you ever been to a networking event and someone just like joins your group and just starts shoving business cards at you? Does that oh, ever happen? I mean, I've seen those in movies. Yeah, this that sucks. surprisingly common. I think it's a cultural thing. I think it's just like, or I see students and people who aren't from North America do that. Um, yeah. and like, so I, I think it's just like, there's some level of learning required there. But yeah, it's just like, that's not building an authentic relationship. I'm going to throw this card out. I throw all my <laughs> cards out that I get, basically. But I add them in Salesforce first, but I throw them out after. Because um, I, I don't know where I put them. Um, but yeah, there's people who will do that on LinkedIn. So they'll just message you with a pitch. Or they'll message you looking for a job. And it's just like... No, <laughs> like I have now, I now know that you lack social skills, <laughs> oh, no. so I probably don't want to give you a job. Um, you know, like that kind of stuff where like people that are too aggressive, like follow-ups yeah. are fine. Do them in a polite, meaningful way and they are actually very welcomed for sure. For me, it shows that someone is on it. it for me, it shows that someone is like aware that I'm busy and I've just forgotten about it, but probably do want to get it done. Um, but people who like, we had one person who like called me, asked the same questions, found a way to call Steve, found a way to call Scott. Those are our three co-founders. And then like for like a year, like would just send us follow-ups and we were just like in voice notes, like two minute voice notes. It was all very strange. It was the second weirdest thing that's happened to me uh on linkedin <laughs> on linkedin specifically okay. outside of linkedin definitely weirdest stuff but like actually it's pretty probably pretty up there but like that was definitely second weirdest uh, <laughs> yeah yeah i mean speaking of follow-ups because i do a lot of that as well but what's the proper timeline for that i mean how soon is too soon right totally. um great question just before I answer, I think your mic is on your hair and it's crackling. Oh no, I'm sorry. So I don't know if there that... There you go. Yeah. I mean, it's not going to ruin the recording. Okay, cool. As long it's as it's not going to ruin being... the recording. It's probably frustrating for you. I actually don't care now. for me. I was just like, oh, I hope this won't be on the recording. Um, so no, sorry, you're what, good, you're what was your Thank question you. again? <laughs> no, no worries. What was your question again? <laughs> um, what, like, what... Follow-ups. I don't even know. Oh, yeah. Follow-up. Yeah. Follow-up. Follow when do you think it's too soon to follow up? Or too late, even? Yeah. So, like, I try. And honestly, I'm guilty of this. I need to be better at this. I used to be better at it, <laughs> and now I've gotten worse. Um, I try... When I'm doing sales, is very different. Like, I will... I follow up about eight times. Um, that run lasts about two months. So like send yeah. an initial message, two days later, send a follow up, um, well, something like five days later, send another follow up. And then it just continues from there. And then eventually at the end, I close it out 
usually the third follow-up I'm like hey like you've probably been really busy um, let me know if you're not interested and we can call it I think if you're doing digital networking I usually recommend about three follow-ups so one message mm -hmm. um, maybe four uh, one message one follow-up like a day later um, mm -hmm. just to make sure that they got the message hey just want to make sure you got the message like da 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 uh, third one would be something to the effect of like, hey, like, and I'd do that one like a week later. Like, hey, still super interested. Totally understand if you're busy. Let me know if um, now is not a good time and I should follow up another time. Or if you're just not interested, that's totally fine as well. Um, and I try to leave it there. And then if you want to do a fourth one, closing it where you're just like, hey, like, it's been a couple weeks. I haven't heard back. I'm going to take this off my to-do list, but if you ever change your mind, I'm here. And that's it. And like, you'll be surprised how many people actually respond on that fourth one. Um, yeah. Because so many, like most of, because we've done like thousands of messages from a sales standpoint. And like, you pretty much see like a decent number of message backs in like the first message you send and first and second message and then it goes dead until like the seventh or eighth where you're just like hey we're done here and people are like no wait <laughs> oh, um yeah it's pretty hilarious i mean i actually work at a, a market research company so we do a lot of like cold calling or just any right. like recruitment process so i've yeah so i've had experience in that and usually what happens is yeah we give that person the first call give them a second call usually leave a voicemail on the second or third call but like something that is kind of missing there is it's mostly just asking the person are you interested in doing this but mm. you never really ask the person to let you know that they're not interested and mm. it's just that one little simple thing of you know just let me know where you're at so that we can figure out where we where to go from here and we don't bother you any longer right um but yeah that's interesting i'm i'm glad you you mentioned um yeah that was, it, it's kind of similar to what we've been doing totally yeah. and that the opting basically giving them the no um is like it's something i learned from a guy uh lucas birdsall who was actually also an sfu grad i haven't talked to him in a while but um, he was the first person that brought that up to me he was like a very like a natural salesperson like not me at all like way better <laughs> way better um like he would just say like he was like you got to ask them have you given up on finding anyone and i was like okay that's too aggressive for me <laughs> parrot back a lot uh but i'm still gonna ask them in like a no frame um and it works it works really well it works on me <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I okay well kind of getting back into how this relates to the students will probably be watching or listening to this podcast but yeah. um yeah what are your advice for people especially students who might be afraid to kind of venture out and really get started with digital networking i mean not all of us are as extroverted or as confident with reaching out right yeah. so what advice do you have for people yeah i mean it's like it's a muscle that you have to flex right and like you'll get better at it and some people are naturally okay, okay with just putting themselves out there and some people are not and i totally yeah. get that um start small like message people who are like relatively close to you if that's easier like 
or you could ask for a soft introduction. That's also a really good one. So ask someone that you know and trust and just be like, hey, I'm really interested in like this field. Do you know anyone? Or maybe you do know they know someone and just name that person. Just like, I would really like to just do like an informational interview uh, to learn about this person's career. And I know you're friends with them. Um, like your profs are really good options to like connect you with people creep their LinkedIn, see who they're connected to. And if you find someone who's like interesting, just ask. Like people are like, people will sometimes say no, but I think most times like they'll say yes. And if they say no, they won't think you're a weirdo. Like it's not, <laughs> it's, it's not like a bad thing. Uh, it's good that you ask. Um, so really the only piece of advice there is know that it's gonna be awkward and scary. And like, there's lots of resources out there to like teach you kind of how. Can you hear that car alarm? I can't hear that car alarm. It's off. <laughs> Good. It's gone. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but um, there's lots of resources out there that are that can like help you with that. None that I could see that had like enough depth there. Uh, but mm. there's also like lots of people you can ask for advice. And again, it's a muscle. If you just start doing it you'll figure out your own style that works for you. Um, but yeah, I think some of the norms we've talked about here where it's like who you've targeted, who you reach out to, that kind of thing is like super valuable. You mentioned LinkedIn. Is that, do you think that's a really good way to kind of start reaching out? Yeah, I don't know that there's a better option digitally right now. Um, I'd say there's that and then email e-intros. So like messaging someone and being like, um, so for example, the, the people that you may be somewhat connected to, maybe you met them at an event once or like did some volunteer work for them and you can message them and be like, hey, like whatever, like I just like doing informational interviews right now and would love to hear more about your career path. Or if they know someone, hey, um, uh, I'm doing informational interviews right now. Um, I'm looking for people in this space. I know you know such and such a person, or maybe they work at a certain place. I wonder if you could connect me with a project manager at Lululemon, as an example. Um, like those are ways that you can kind of like connect with people. Um, and those soft introductions are like really nice because they'll be introducing you to someone who like has goodwill towards that person, and as a result, that will extend to you. So. You can, uh, yeah, you can just like have that conversation knowing that it's not cold, like they know, maybe know a little <laughs> bit about you or something like that. So, and what advice do you have specifically for upcoming grads who are getting into job searching? Exciting stuff. <laughs> I mean, I would spend, I think I have a slide somewhere, like, I would spend 70% of your time reaching out to people and networking with people um, when it comes to your job hunt. Like in the remaining 30, sure, like apply to job board postings and that kind of thing. But like most of your time should be spent. Um, and, you know, I go through this on the course in excruciating detail, but like identifying who to target. So like figuring out, for example, if you're really interested in a certain career path, figure out what's um, what the next step is. So let's say you want to become an analyst 
or like a, a, mm-hmm. let's say you want to become a project manager um, you would look for people who are just a little bit like a couple levels lower on that career trajectory as well as the person who's in that ideal spot so for mm-hmm. example you would target you'd go to like uh, BC Hydro and find a senior project manager request uh, informational interview with them and then also look for someone who's like a business analyst or like you know like that kind of or a project coordinator that junior level who's going to be like eventually move up and then there's going to be a spot left and maybe you can take that spot especially if you already have the built-in network because they're going to talk to their superior and vice that's like how I've gotten my friends jobs prior to talent marketplace was like stuff like that where i was like oh like this person would be really good so and it just it saves them a ton of time and that's why networking is so powerful because they know someone who uh, they could spend eight hours a day working with you know and like they can Mm -hmm. kind of depend on and they know like they're fit you know and they're smart because other people have also been like yeah they're smart um (laughs) <laughs> so that's kind of like how you'd go about like targeting people and so yeah. yeah like in short spend most of your time in your job hunt building up your network if it doesn't get you the first job you get it'll definitely pay off in the second third fourth job and like all the way through your career also practice is yeah. great yeah it totally. builds you up to that wow um i'm definitely going to take this advice as a fellow um, <laughs> recent grad. It's going to be exciting. Um, but yeah, that was a great talk. Thank you so much of for, for all of that insight. You should, um, do you want to plug your upcoming, what is it, your workshop that you're yeah, doing? We don't have a name for it. It's going to be a course. It'll be available on Thinkific. Mm-hmm. It's a very short course. So it's a 30 minute course. Um, it's called like digital networking mastery basically. Um, and the idea is it'll give you everything you need to network digitally. So what we found is students need help networking, but a lot of, um, people who are further on in their careers who used to go to events and stuff like that, they can't anymore. Um, so they need to, they're all trying to figure out how to network in this new digital age. And that's basically all we do. So we put together a very short course. 30 minutes, but it also comes with a whole bunch of resources. So it gives you a template for how to reach out to people. It gives you a template for follow-ups. It gives you a Excel spreadsheet for like what times and days to follow up with people and to track everyone. So it's like, it's very tangible and useful because that's kind of like how Steve and I like to operate. It's like, we're not gonna give you like a two hour course. I saw there was like a course at the University of Alberta for networking that's like a full semester long and that's dumb. Um, so we wanna give you something that's better and shorter and more efficient, um, but that's the gist of it. It'll be available on Thinkific probably within the month. I'll send it over to you if you wanna repost it when it does come out. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's uh, it's it's like very like value focused. Like how do you actually use this right away? Um, it goes into basically everything we talked about here, but just another level of depth and you get stuff you can just copy paste into a message. <laughs> so, that's important. That I like helps. that part. <laughs> yeah, that, that okay. does help a lot. Yeah. I'll make sure to stick around and hopefully, yeah, definitely send me that link. But um, yeah, for now, thanks so much for being one of our guests. I I appreciate it so much. And I'm excited to 
have other people listen to this because I think it's going to be really helpful, um, especially like in this time where a lot of things are, you know, going digital and kind of have to. But um, yeah, I'm going to wrap this up. Awesome. I'm going to say thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in. Do you have any final words, Kaid? No, just like I hope this was a good kick in the ass to get out there and start networking and not just <laughs> be like, oh, I sent out 100 job applications today. No. How many people did you talk to? That's what's important. Right. That's true. How many people did you reach? This yeah. is, wow, that's so true. That's powerful. I love that. Okay. <laughs> and that being said, um, yeah, thanks so much for tuning in. Uh, we post podcasts, I think, every month now. It always changes. Who knows? But we always do that. So, um, yeah, have a great rest of your day, everyone. Bye-bye. Thanks, guys. <laughs>